This is the Paycheck to Daycheck Reselling Podcast. I'm Liz. And I'm Ashley. Together, we have been making money online collectively for over 10 years. Our mission is to help you start, learn, and grow a reselling business and to inspire you to turn your paycheck into a daycheck. The world is changing and we want to help you change with it. All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Paycheck to Daycheck podcast. We have a very fun, very laid back episode for you guys today. We thought what better way to try to get to know us. You pretty much only know us as resellers. So we wanted to kind of share some random facts, random things about ourselves. I'm going to say three things, random things, and then Ashley is going to do three random things. And then we are going to share a giveaway that we're going to have for the entire month of February because today is February 1st. It's a shorter month. There's only 28 days, but we wanted to do some sort of giveaway. So make sure you stay till the end when we let you know what that giveaway is. All right. So if you're listening to the podcast, which I feel like we don't ever say who is who. So I'm Liz, (laughs) if you haven't figured that out. And if you want to see what we look like, we'll also put this episode up on our YouTube channel. But I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to tell you three random things about me that you might not know. So let's start off with the first one. So the first one is I was a resident of South Dakota for about a year and a half. And I never live there. I never owned a home. I never rented a home, but I was a South Dakota resident. So you're probably thinking, well, how the heck does that work? So in South Dakota, you only have to stay there for one night in order to become a resident of the state. We, when we full-time RV'd, we sold everything to RV, our house. We didn't have roots. We didn't have a place to come back to. We didn't have a place to send mail. We were using my parents' address as a mailing address. So a lot of RVers that do it full-time will use a mail forwarding service. A lot of them use them in the state of Florida, Texas, and South Dakota are kind of the main states that you can go to. And Casey was sent to Rapid City, South Dakota for work. And when we stayed there, we stayed at this campground called the TP campground. And I don't even know if it's there anymore because they had switched ownership. So it might not even be named that anymore. So we went to a place to get a personal mailbox, which was a PMB at America's mailbox. So we paid for like a year service and it's a mail forwarding service. They assigned us an address with a personal mailbox. So we had a mailing address. So once we had the address, we went to the campground And they gave us like a handwritten receipt, but they used that address on the receipt. So we stayed there for 10 days and you only have to stay there for a night. But then we went to the South Dakota DMV and Rapid City and we were able to get our residency. So we became residents of South Dakota. All right. The second random thing about me, I started bowling at the age of five. I started at Don Carter Lanes in Rockford, Illinois. In the Cookies and Milk League, this was back before they even had bumpers. They would have a carpet that went out to the arrows on the lanes, no bumpers, and you would roll the bowling ball from there. So I think my average when I started was like 26. And I started when I was five. All through middle school, high school, I was into bowling. But the random thing about me is I am the first ever female back-to-back state bowling champion 
in Illinois history. Since then, that was in 1998 and 1999. Since then, there has been, I think, one or two other girls that have won back-to-back state championships. But I am the first one to ever do that. So that was a pretty cool thing to accomplish in my high school years. My freshman year, my high school bowling team got runner-up. We were second place. And then sophomore year, our team got first place. So I technically have three state championships for bowling in Illinois. I've bowled up one perfect 300 game and I've bowled an 832 series. So that 832 series, I bowled a 265, a 288, and a 279. I believe in those three games, I maybe missed five times where I didn't have a strike. So 900 would be a perfect series. So that was like one of those nights where everything was clicking. Like I just could not miss. It was like one of those out of body experiences, but I don't bowl anymore. I have retired since then. I've got other things keeping me busy. I might go back to bowling, but those are some random facts about my bowling career. All right. And the last random thing about me, which my shirt, if you're watching on YouTube, it will make complete sense. Uh, I, a couple years ago, wrote for a national blog called CM Chat, which was Country Music Chat. It was ran by my friend Jessica Northy, who's now Jessica Northy Shaw. And I used to go to concerts, country concerts, write about them. I used to interview artists. Let's see. I have met Jason Aldean, Luke Bryan, Cole Swindell, Chris Jansen, Randy Hauser, Old Dominion, Michael Ray, Brooke Eden, Phil Vassar. I've interviewed the Swan Brothers and my favorite country artist, which is Justin Moore. I also, when Dirk Bentley Whiskey Row here in Gilbert, Arizona, was having their grand opening, Kelsey Ballerini was the like surprise grand opener. I actually took photos of her meet and greet, so I got to meet her, so that was pretty cool. And then also, not only did I write for that national blog, I also created Country Music in Arizona, which is the shirt that I'm wearing. And if you ever see me drinking out of this blue cup, my mother-in-law made it country music in Arizona with my name on it. Uh, But that was a local blog that I would run and really just kind of helping bring light to the country music scene, help the local artists around here. And then I got to cross something off my bucket list, which was I organized a singer-songwriter event, uh, Dirk Bentley Whiskey Row in Tempe, where I brought several local artists and it was live on Facebook. And that was a really cool event for me. I've always been into music. I played the guitar when I was younger, violin in high school, string bass in middle school. So music has always been a part of my life. And that's just something that I created when we full-time RV'd. I actually kind of stopped doing that because I wasn't in Arizona anymore. And then when we came back, COVID hit. So a lot of the artists weren't touring anymore, but that's just something random about me. I really enjoyed getting to know the local artists. Some of them that I really like in Arizona would be Sherry Rowe. She's really sweet. Ashley Wineland. And then also my favorite, which are the Coltrane's. And I still will go to their concerts and follow them. And I'm friends with them. And it was just a really cool experience. I've gotten to go to Country Thunder, be on stage. I've been able to go in the back, backstage with all the artists. So just a really cool experience and just something that I can always look back on. And I'm happy that I was able to help some of the local artists. All right. So those are some pretty interesting facts, Liz. I actually didn't know that last thing about you, about that you had the national blog. That's crazy. 
Okay. I'm going to tell you guys a couple random facts about me. Uh, so the first one is that I actually, before I was in the car business, um, I worked in Rochester, New York. I'm from like out that way as a door-to-door salesperson for three and a half years. And it was kind of out of desperation that I found this ad on Craigslist for a job opening. I went and interviewed and turns out that it was not what I expected at all, but it seemed kind of fun. And the guy that I shadowed for the day for like my quote unquote interview made like a hundred dollars before lunchtime. So I'm like, well, my student loans just kicked in. I really need some money to pay these bills. And I just like moved back from Florida and I was just kind of a mess. So I'm like, you know what, maybe this isn't like the worst thing in the world. I went home. I told my parents about the interview. My mom was like incredibly skeptical. You know, a young woman walking around neighborhoods, knocking on doors just doesn't seem like the safest uh, idea. But my dad was like super pumped about it. And he's like, this is like the purest form of sales. You're going to have so much fun. You're going to love it. It's really going to help you out. All this stuff. Like he was really jazzed about it. So I'm like, okay, well, if dad's pumped, then I'm going to give it a try. I ended up working for that company, like I said, for three and a half years. I trained over a hundred other people to do the same thing. Some of them worked out. Some of them didn't. Of course, we had a lot of turnover, but I actually ended up building a team big enough underneath me to open my own sales office in Albany, New York, which is how I ended up out this way originally many, many years ago. We sold these coupon books door to door. So let's see. It might've been for like a pizza place or a restaurant, a golf course, a winery. And it was just like a two page little uh, booklet. It was usually around 25, 30, $35, somewhere around there for a price point. So it wasn't like a huge sale, but there was always like two coupons in the book that if you used them, that would like make the the money back from what you've paid for the booklet. So let's say it was a pizza place. It cost $25. You get two free pizzas and that like wipes out the cost of the book. I still remember the pitch like word for word. It's like coming back let's to me now. It. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I've, I probably said it like a million times. The goal was to knock on a hundred doors every single day. Um, and then, you know, we were training people. So sometimes it was more than a hundred. It was just, it was wild. It was a very, very crazy experience. We traveled all over the Northeast. Um, we stayed in hotels and we just got to experience a lot of really cool stuff. It really helped me in understanding how to read people, um, how to build trust with people very quickly. My communication skills, customer service skills, of course, it helped with being able to sell things and just general life skills, like reading maps. Back at that point, GPS wasn't really a a big thing yet, especially on cell phones. So we would receive maps on where to go in these neighborhoods. So you had to get really good at reading maps. Um, I think based on my experience, I feel like everyone should have to knock on doors or work in retail or the food industry or something like that for at least a year. It really builds you as a person and helps you understand other people and what they might be like dealing with as well. Especially when you're going into someone else's bubble, it's different if someone's coming to you, walking into a car dealership, walking into your you know retail store. When you're going into their bubble, it's like a totally different world. All right. So if that wasn't a weird enough fact, I have another one for you guys. So when I went to college after high school, I had no idea what I wanted to do, what I wanted to be. Um, I took some, you know, general elective classes and I found that I really enjoyed going to my 
fine arts classes like photography and sculpture. So I decided to major in photography and minor in sculpture. Um, I really enjoyed it. I liked going to those classes. It turns out I was pretty good at it as well. I actually, so when I was really little, like a baby little, (laughs) I had this stuffed moose, you know, people have like teddy bears and blankets and whatever. I had a stuffed moose named Moosey. And for one of our final projects in sculpture, we had to come up with, you know, a project that hit a couple different points of criteria. And I decided to make a bronze sculpture of Moosey. I made him out of clay. We made a mold out of the clay. And then like, There was another step to it as well, but basically we ended up filling that mold. We did a bronze pour. So it was like all these people outside pouring bronze, heated up to, you know, some insane temperature and we poured bronze all day. Then you have to finish the sculpture afterwards. So you take it out of the mold and cut off like all the, you know, little parts and pieces that don't fit with the sculpture, like kind of um, polish it and whatnot. So Yeah, I made a bronze sculpture out of my childhood toy. (laughs) We also had to take other classes in addition to like those um, main classes for like photography and sculpture. You had to take other fine arts classes like painting and printmaking. And the one that I I didn't, I was actually very nervous about taking it, but it was uh, figure drawing. We had to draw from live nude models the entire semester. And being a college kid, you know, I'm like, not real sure about like any of this. And people are like, so weirded out. And the first person was a guy that I'd never seen before. Thank God. Um, The second person that we had as a model after like the first few weeks after we were done, the first guy, the second one was actually a student, a female student in the college. She was in a few of my other classes. It was just so strange at first, but you know, after a while you start to see it a little bit differently. Like it's just art and whatever. So it definitely like got us, you know, it matured us, I guess I will say. All I can think of with that is just the scene from the Titanic where Rose is like, meet me like your French girls or whatever. Yeah. Um, it was very interesting, like talking to the girl in, you know, our other class outside of figure drawing. Um, I think it was, what was it? It was, I don't remember what class it was. It was, it was a sculpture class. She was in of mine, but we were talking, they actually paid them very well. I think they made like $30 an hour back then. It was like 2005, 2006. That was pretty good money back then, but it was pretty difficult. She said that she would start to like cramp up after like an hour sitting in the same position and like they couldn't move, you know, we're all like around her in a circle in our different spots, like drawing from that one spot. So if she moved, it would ruin the, you know, perspective that everyone had. So it was a tough gig. This next fact that I have for you guys, it's a little bit of a fact, a little bit of a story. It was probably around like five or six years ago. It was like right before I started reselling actually, I woke up one morning and I was so broke that I had 15 cents in my bank account, not even joking, 15 total cents. And I knew that by the end of the day, it would probably go negative based on, you know, like all the random, you know, charges and stuff that maybe you hadn't hit my bank account yet from like the previous days. I had no idea how I was going to pay my rent, no idea how I was going to pay my cell phone bill that year or that month. Um, And I was at that point too 
payments late on my car payment. Not, not a good spot to be in. I was working in the car business 60 plus hours a week and I still somehow couldn't like pay my bills, couldn't keep up, couldn't make things work. It's like a pretty tough spot to be in for, you know, like a young person. I was living by myself. I was away from my family. I was out in this area. Um, didn't have a ton of friends. And I was just like, what the heck am I going to do? I woke up and I saw that, you know, I got an alert on my phone, like your balance has gone under a hundred dollars or whatever it was. And I was like, crap, <laughs> not, not what? And I hated that sick to my stomach, anxious feeling. I don't like asking people for help. And I, I didn't want to tell people like what kind of position I was in. Now in the car business, you don't get paid hourly. You get paid on commission. This particular dealership, a lot of them do this, but this one specifically would change our pay plans on us constantly, um, which was resulted in confusion and lower pay. And they were trying to manipulate the system so we would make less money, so but work the same amount so they didn't have to pay us as much. It was just like a really frustrating position to be in. So they had just recently changed our pay plan again. And I was trying to prove at that very specific point in time, I was trying to prove that I had actually reached a certain level in my commission structure to get this bonus that I qualified for. And the management was fighting me on it, but I needed that bonus badly to pay for life. (laughs) So I decided that that day I was going to go into work and I was done with all this crap and I was going to change my life. I didn't want to feel like that ever again. So I went into work. I reached out to Every single contact I had ever made in the car business, people that I hadn't spoken to in years, people that I didn't even know if they would respond to me. But one girl did, and her name was Tiffany. She was a software rep for this product that we used in that dealership. She and I had had really great conversations before. She was such a sweetheart. And she responded to my text message and she said, yes, I think I have an opportunity for you. I'll call you in a little while. So she called me and told me about this position that she heard was open at another one of her dealerships. And it sounded like a great fit. She said the people there were amazing and she was going to reach out to whoever it was, her contact there. And she said, I'll give you her information. Let me just reach out to her first. So she did. And she texted me back. She gave her, she gave me her information, told me to give her a call. So I did. Her name was uh, Maria. So I called Maria. I explained my situation to her, what was going on. And she knew a lot of the people that I worked with at that point. Um, She's very well known in this area. And she actually happened to be the president of that company at the time. So she's like, I want you to come in for an interview. Can you be here tomorrow? And it happened to be my day off the next day. So it worked out perfectly. I went in for the interview. I got to meet her. I got to meet the um, woman that would be my supervisor, the other two sales managers, and a bunch of the staff that was there. It was a gorgeous dealership. Everyone seemed happy, and she really wanted to help me out. So she offered me the job on the spot, and I was like so relieved. I thought I was going to start crying right in front of her. <laughs> I was just so happy to like be out of or being on my way out of, I guess, the situation that I had found myself in. I told her that I was going to respectfully give my two weeks to my employer at the time. But I also told her like, I, 
you know, if I'm able to, I would like to start working for you sooner. If they don't want my two weeks, I will let you know as soon as I can start. In the car business, they don't really care about two weeks notice. As soon as you tell them that you're leaving, you're pretty much out. (laughs) So that's pretty much what happened. I told my current employer that I had accepted another job. They also had given me a $3,000 sign-on bonus, which greatly helped. She let me walk out of there um, with a check that day, which is also kind of unheard of. So I was able to put that in my bank account. So within 24 hours, I went from having 15 cents in my bank account to having $3,000 in my bank account, was able to pay my rent, was able to pay my cell phone, and was able to buy something other than ramen noodles to eat that night for dinner. So (laughs) it was a really great feeling. And what that taught me was, you know, I had let that dealership kind of make me feel like I was worth less than, um, like I was worth what they felt I was worth or telling me I was worth anyways, when I knew that I had skills and ability well above and beyond what they were paying me. And this woman just saw that I had that ability and those skills and wanted to pay me for them. So if you're in a bad spot right now, um, just know that if you want to, you can change your life pretty much in one day if you want to badly enough. How long did you end up working for that woman then? Um, I was there for about two years and then COVID hit. Gotcha. That's an amazing story. I mean, to go from 15 cents in your bank account. I mean, I know I've been broke, but I don't think I've ever been that broke. <laughs> it was pretty, it was pretty broke. It was, a, it was a pretty dark time. So I just, you know, you get that feeling like what you said when you were bowling, like everything clicked, you know, and you were just like in the zone. It was kind of like that feeling, but slightly different. Like something clicked and I was like, I'm done. I'm, I'm not doing this anymore. And I just decided to use whatever ability I had to get myself out of that situation. So now that we have given you guys the most random facts about us, thanks for sticking around, by the way, let's talk about the giveaway finally. So we are going to run this for the entire month of February. So it'll end the very last day of February at midnight. We'll do it Eastern standard time. Basically, We want to help as many people as we possibly can um, start their reselling business or grow their reselling business or even learn more about their reselling business. So in order to do that, though, we need to get this podcast out to as many people as possible and help um, help it grow. One really easy way that we can do that is through reviews. So not sure if you guys know this, but if you leave a review for your favorite podcast on whatever platform you listen on, whether that's Apple or Spotify, for example, um, that will help boost up that show in search results and it will help promote the show out to other people that might not have ever heard about it before. We are going to try to boost our number of reviews on Apple and Spotify since those are our two largest listening platforms as of late. And in order to qualify for the contest, all you have to do is just leave us a review on one of those platforms. You can actually, if you really are feeling motivated, I guess, leave us a review on Apple and Spotify, and that'll count as two entries. So leave us a review, take a screenshot of it, send it to us either in an email um, on Instagram, or you can send it to us in a Facebook message. And then you'll be entered to win a piece of our podcast merch on us. If you haven't seen what we have available for merch, it's actually, there's some really cute things um, for both men and women. I got one of the hoodies and it's so comfortable. It looks so good. I think I'm going to order the other design as well. They just, they did a really amazing job. Um, They come from Amazon, prime shipping, free shipping. So um, yeah, it's pretty cool. 
So again, that contest will end on the last day of February. And it's pretty easy if you guys have gained any knowledge from us, have been entertained by us, which after this episode, I'm not sure how you couldn't have been. (laughs) Uh, Leave us a review if we've helped you in any way. And it'll help us reach more resellers or potential resellers to be able to help them, especially during this, this time. Everyone seems to be struggling a little bit these days. I mean, the price of eggs, that's been a huge talking point lately. Things are just kind of out of control. So if we can help people add a little bit of income into their, uh, into their families, we'd be really happy to help them out. All right, guys, that's a wrap on today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Paycheck to Daycheck Reselling Podcast. Anything we mentioned in this episode will be linked down below in the show notes or description down below. Be sure to share this episode with anyone you think it will help and follow us on social media at P2D Podcast. Thanks again for listening. Keep working towards that day check.